So the, the sender has an email reputation. Each individual person or company sending email has a reputation, but Infusionsoft or Keep also has an email reputation. And so when, when, when an email shows up at Gmail, it's really coming from two people or two entities. It's coming from the, the company, you know, the customer who is sending the email, but it also is coming from Infusionsoft or Keep. Welcome to the Biz Power Hour podcast, where we discuss all things related to your business in sales, marketing, software, and strategy, bringing you the industry-leading experts with uncut and unedited advice, opinions, and actionable takeaways. Sit back and relax. This is the Biz Power Hour, and it begins now. How's it going? This is Daniel Boschus, and I want to welcome you back to the next episode of the Business Power Hour this episode, we've got getting to the inbox, the deliverability saga, and I've got two amazing experts in email deliverability that are joining us on this week's podcast. I've got Aaron Barrett, head of email deliverability for Keep and Infusionsoft, which is a leading CRM and email automation company. We also have Rich Sharp, the email reliability product manager for Keep. And without further ado, I'd like to welcome both of you. So Aaron, if you can, you've got a pretty big title, Head of Email Deliverability. For anyone that's listening, can you give them a little bit of background of what that is and what your role at Keeping Infusionsoft uh, does for email uh, deliverability? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for thanks for having us, Daniel. Um, so, so email is, it, it's really an interesting thing. Um, everybody uses it. Everybody's used to it. And yet the, the, the deep, dark, you know, underbelly of email, nobody really understands. So, so most people's experience with email is, is, you know, emailing grandma or emailing your mom or emailing around the office. And when you hit send on that email, you're just used to it showing up in the inbox of who, you know, grandma or, you know, uh, the vice president of, uh, of finance who needed to report from you, whatever it is. We're just used to hitting send and having that email show up in the inbox and be read. And, you know, we can have a conversation back and forth um, with that way. Um, when you start talking about marketing using email, however, uh, it's a little bit of a different world. And so, so uh, you know, it depends on who you talk to, but, but there have been studies on the, on the amount of spam in the world. Uh, it's anywhere from 60 to 80% of all email that's sent worldwide is spam. And we've all had spam on our in inboxes and nobody likes it. And the email providers, you know, Gmail or, or Yahoo or, or even your business email, um, they, they have a lot of systems in place to prevent spam from getting in. And so when you're suddenly in this world where you're not emailing grandma anymore, you're emailing someone um, who you, you're hoping to market to, you're hoping to sell something to, you're just in a different world. And, and getting email to their inbox is just a different thing. So at, at, at Keep, uh, my job is making sure that as much of our customers' email as possible shows up in the inbox and, and we'll get into, you know, throughout this podcast, we'll get in, into, you know, kind of how that happens and what we're doing. But, but, you know, essentially at the end of the day, 
my job is to make sure that your marketing emails get to the inbox. No, no short feet on that, I'm sure, sir. No. All right, Rich, email reliability product manager. For those that are listening, that, that also is a pretty fancy title. So what, what is your job and what are you doing um, to ensure for you know, email reliability? Yeah, good question. So we have a few different products here at Keep. Uh, there's Keep Grow and Keep Pro and, and, and uh, the, the sort of classic infusion soft for, for the high powered users. And these are um, uh, software as a service um, uh, applications that we sell. And my job is to try and get all the stuff that Aaron just talked about into the application without uh, sort of hindering or getting in the way of, of the user using the CRM or email marketing to assist everybody in getting that, uh, that gold piece of email into their, uh, their customer's inbox. So we want to make it easier and helpful in-app to, uh, to achieve that goal. Wow. Again, no short feet. Uh, you guys have to show up to the job every day. You have, you have quite, quite a responsibility on your shoulders. So, <laughs> um, job. Yep. Okay, so both of you brought up a really good point and, you know, sending marketing and sales focused emails to prospects, leads, potential customers, and even past customers. It's a different animal and it's a different beast than just sending to like your mom, like, Hey, happy mother's day or, or whatever. So I would imagine from what it sounds like, there's a lot of other things that are happening behind the scenes. And for anyone, and arguably I'd, I'd say I'm not an expert in this. What, what happens when you press send from, you know, a system like Keeper or Infusionsoft that goes out the door to those prospects? I would imagine it doesn't directly just show up in there inbox, right? It's going to other places before it hits there. Is, is that correct? And can you give them some light on what's, what that journey looks like? Yeah, um, you're, you're absolutely right. So, so, so here's what happens. You hit send um, and typically, you know, in Infusionsoft or Keep or a similar system, you're going to be hitting send and trying to, to send to a bunch of different people. Typically, it's not just one-off email, though um, even one-off emails will, will take the same path. But what happens on, on the Infusionsoft end or the Keep end is you hit send and your emails are all packaged up by the software and they are put together with other emails that other customers are sending onto one path. Uh, it's called an IP address. Um, one path out to, um, out to Gmail, for example. So let's pretend like you have 100 emails that you're trying to send to Gmail. Well, what we will do is we will package it up with other emails to Gmail that other customers are trying to send to Gmail, and they will all show up uh, at Gmail's front door. And Gmail is going to do, um, so keep in mind that Gmail's job is to make sure that their customers get zero spam and 100% of the email that they expect and want. That's what they're trying to do. And they're not perfect at that, but that's what they're trying to do. So the very first thing that Gmail does is it, it makes a really quick scan and it says, hey, is this customer, or sorry, is this sender, um, do I know them? Do I know anything about them? Is there any chance that they're a spammer? 
Is there any chance that they are sending my people email that there is no way they want? So they will make a determination and they'll either say, yep, we're going to let them onto our network. We're going to let their email in, or they're going to say, you know, what? absolutely not. And, um, you know, it, it is a secret sauce. They don't publish this. They don't, they don't, they don't share how they make that determination. Um, but what it's important to know is it's computers making this determination. It is absolutely not, you know, some guy sitting in a dark room reading everybody's email. It just is not. It is a computer that makes that determination. And it, it's going to be looking at a bunch of, uh, of different things. And it's going to say, yep, we'll let them onto our network. Or nope, no way. We're not letting them on. So that's the first thing that happens. Well, once you're on Gmail's network, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to go to the inbox. So, um, so let's say, you know, I'm sending a, I'm sending an email to, to, to bob.company at gmail.com. Um, so Gmail has decided, yep, we're going to let them onto our network. Well, the next thing Gmail is going to do is it's going to decide where it's going to put you in bob.company's uh, email box. So ideally, we go to the inbox, but, you know, we could also go to the spam folder. We could even go to the promotions tab. And so, so Gmail, again, it's computers, it's not a person, is, is looking at that message to bob.company, and it's trying to determine, does Bob want this email? Would Bob appreciate that this email show up in his inbox, or would Bob rather that it show up in his promotions tab, or does Bob likely not really want this email, and I'm just going to put it in the spam folder? And so, so there's, there, there's two uh, distinct measurements or analyses that, that, that Gmail is doing. And it's the same for Yahoo. It's the same for Microsoft. You know, whoever you're sending to, there's typically two checks that they'll do. One, will we even let them in the door? And two, now that I've let them in the door, what folder am I going am, am to put this email in? Wow, that's, that's pretty amazing. And so I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about this. And when you when you're explained what's happening, this sounds almost identical if you use the example of, hey, I want to ship a package to someone. Like say I've boxed up this great thing and I'm going to send it through the regular mail, right? Well, it's kind of what happens in the regular mail or like UPS or FedEx, right? Like it all goes into this packaging facility that's all going to package it up and put it on that truck. And that truck's going to go deliver it to, let's say, a neighborhood, right? And there's no one standing at the gate of the neighborhood. There's a code to get access into the neighborhood. And so whether you have that access to that code or not, that truck driver is going to, let's say, get through and now they're in the neighborhood. And then what it sounds like what you're saying is also is like, hey, is this like a brand new TV and we want to put this right at your front door? Or maybe this is something we've determined that eh, we're going to put it over the side of your house and you got to go look for it, right? So it's what they're doing sounds like it's things that we already kind of are familiar with when we're just doing like standard like snail mail or we're sending packages through UPS but the added complexity is that there's computers and this is digital, right? So it's not like we're seeing the Amazon delivery guy uh, show up to our door and put our package to our front door. These are things that are happening digitally. We don't necessarily see them. And so sometimes we don't understand that 
they're kind of taking a similar route. Would that be kind of an accurate kind of example for people? Yeah, uh, you used a, a good phrase there was added complexity because uh, the, the, the good example that Aaron gave was with Gmail and, and you know, Hotmail, Yahoo, all the rest of it do something similar, but not the same. So the rules that these uh, ISPs, these, these email providers use might be in the same sort of area, but they're going to be different. So what you do for one ISP specifically, say Gmail, may not be guaranteed to get you into, say, Hotmail. Now, you're not going to sit there and filter out and do different things for all your customers on Hotmail and all your customers on Gmail. So as we'll go into in this podcast, there is a sort of set of best practices you can do to, to you know, hit, the, hit the, the sweetest spot where all of them will go in. But it's um, the... The analogy really is like uh, cola, the secret, the secret recipe of Coca-Cola. They're not going to tell you what it is. Pepsi-Cola is slightly different. They're not going to tell you what it is. It's still cola. But there's other, other brands out there that have somewhat just slightly different things. And, that, and that's, that's closer to the mark of, of what these things do. And um, depending on the, uh, the sort of uh, the weighting of these different rules to allow you to get in, um, determines whether or not you will get into the, uh, the inbox or not. That totally makes sense. And I know I've had, um, in our agency, I've had clients and customers before say, you know, oh, well, I don't, you know, I did this one thing and, the, and you know, I should be getting into the inbox of everybody. But from what it, from what you're saying, and it totally makes sense is that, you know, Gmail, Yahoo, all the different networks that have email services, they all do things a little bit differently and that's their secret sauce, which makes sense because, you know, um, Aaron, you mentioned, you know, earlier that like 60% of communications that go out the door in the world are spam, right? So we're all fighting spam, you know, email services, they don't want spam hitting their networks. So there's no way that they would release to the world their secret sauce, right? Of like, hey, this is how you make sure to get into the inbox because there's going to be people that have a bad intent and they want to spam you. And if they knew that secret sauce, then all of that spam would be hitting the inbox. And of course, no one wants that. So it totally makes sense that it's kind of hidden. It's a secret and there's best practices to try to make sure that you get in there but there's no email service provider. There's no marketing automation system that knows this secret code. Like no one knows it besides like probably the highest people at the levels of Google and Outlook and all those different places. Is that pretty much an accurate statement? Well, as Aaron said, it's, it's these days in the 21st century, it's, it's a lot of machine learning going on as well. So uh, we don't even know if any human knows what's going on, actually. <laughs> These wow. algorithms probably change every day, slightly tweaking themselves to, uh, you know, to, uh, to guard the front door. Wow. Okay. So I think, I think we've got a good understanding so far of really all the complexity and what's happening um, behind the scenes when you press that, that send for that email. So let's, let's briefly cover, is there... Are there things that you all do with keeping Infusionsoft to ensure that if someone, if a customer sending 
out of their, their system of, you know, Keep or Infusionsoft to go to their list of customers. What are the things that you guys are doing to try to make sure that assuming that they're, they're sending good and valuable information and they're not breaking any things that we can cover later, what are you guys doing to try to make sure that they have the highest possible deliverability to, to reach that, that coveted inbox? That is, that is a great question. Um, the, 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 the key to all of this, the key to email deliverability is reputation. It comes down to reputation. And um, your email reputation is just like a credit score. It, it's a really, really good analogy. Um, we're all used to a credit score and we show up at, at the car dealership and the difference between a, a you know a zero percent rate for sixty months or a fourteen point five percent rate for for those sixty months for the exact same car, it all comes down to your credit score. And what's been going on is these credit reporting bureaus they know what you know when you've borrowed money. They know how likely you are to pay it back. They know how consistent you are in paying your bills, and all of that gets gets munged into a number which we call a credit score, and that determines how likely someone is going to be one to lend you money and then two at what interest rate they're going to do that for emails, the exact same thing. So every time any of us send an email uh, to Gmail or Yahoo or whatever, they are keeping track and they are saying, you know what? Um, You know, Aaron sent us a thousand pieces of mail last month and guess what? Nobody opened them. Nobody read them. In fact, not only did they not read them, they deleted them as soon as they saw them, for example. Or they might say, you know what, 800 of the 1,000, they actually opened it up and they engaged with it and they read it. Um, they didn't complain it about it, the spam. They didn't move it to the spam folder. They didn't, you know, delete it. So they're, they're, they're keeping a score on everybody who sends them email and it's an email reputation score. And so when we talk about you showing up at the front door of Gmail or Yahoo or whoever, trying to deliver mail, they're going to look at your reputation. They're going to say, you know what? I'm done with Aaron. He sent me a thousand pieces of mail last month. Um, People, not only did they throw it away, they told me it was spam. 500 of the thousand told me it was spam. I'm done with him. I'm not even going to let him on the network. Or, no, you know what? Uh, You know, people have shown an interest in his email, so I'm going to let his email on. But then you say, well, Sally you know what, she, she really seems to like his emails. I'm going to let, I'm going to send him to the inbox. Oh, but Bob, you know, he, he hasn't shown much interest at all in, in Aaron's emails, you know, so maybe I get spam folder to promotion tab or whatever um, with Bob. So, so it all comes down to reputation. Um, so, we, so the, the sender has an email reputation. Each individual person or company sending email has a reputation, but Infusionsoft or Keep, also has an email reputation. And so when, when, when an email shows up at Gmail, it's really coming from two people or two entities. It's coming from the, the company, you know, the customer who is sending the email, but it also is coming from Infusionsoft or Keep. And, and Gmail understands that, that it's coming from both of us and it's looking at both of our reputations. So when you talk about what is Infusionsoft or what is Keep doing, uh, to make sure that that mail gets inboxed, we are really, really jealous of our email reputation as as a company. And so, what that means is is we actively um, 
watch out for spammers on our network. We actively um, react if we find customers, even legitimate businesses who are doing stuff they shouldn't be or that is concerning to us. We, we really go after them and try and help them improve their practices. So that's kind of the punitive side. On the positive side, we've got tons of training. We've got lots of help articles. We, we, we try and um, instruct and teach email best practices as, as best we can um, all the way through the, you know, through the customer's journey with Infusionsoft or, or, or with, with the Keep app. Um, you know, and, and Rich, we're doing some stuff in, in product. Do you, you want to talk about some of those things that we're doing as well? Um, yeah, I, I think it'd be a good idea to, to talk about it at a higher level. For, there's, there's three things, and, and you bring this up a lot, uh, Aaron, that, that you need to do and then what these, what these ISPs look at. Uh, the first is, is, is the content any good? If the content is, is spam, it's obviously not going to get there. So there's things in, in these, um, you know, keep and infusion stuff that can help um, create and, and uh, put together good content um, you know, structure and specific different rules and bits and pieces like that that the app helps you with. So is the content good? That's the first one. The second one is, is the person that you're sending it to real? Okay, so if you've bought a list or if you have an old um, database of customers um, and you're sending, you know, 100,000 emails out, whatever it is, if, if 20% of them um, don't exist um, or go nowhere, these, uh, these um, ISPs, these, these Yahoos and, the, and Gmails and whatnot, they mark that against you. So, so you, it's not worth just blitzing a whole list out without you doing what we call cleaning the list up to make sure that these email addresses are actually real. Um, that's, that's a huge point um, to, to, to make. And then the third one is what you were talking about, Aaron, is, is what we call engagement. Are the people you're sending to, do they actually want the email you're sending? So those three factors um, are really, if you, can, if you can look at those, you well, 90% of the way there of, of, of everything you need to do. I mean, there's other things that you need to do, security and authentication all that, but, but really those are the three main um, broad strokes that, that if, you, if you took those approaches, uh, you're well on your way. And, and the, the things we have in, in the app for, for what we call broadcasting, these, these large amount of emails to, uh, to customers, um, we can, you know, tools, tools help, you, uh, help you do that. Now, I will say this. If, if we, uh, people try and game the system. All right, let's, let's, let's be honest. People, people want their mail uh, to get to their customers. So one thing we have seen in the past is where um, a company might um, uh, purchase two or three of these different CRM email marketing systems and send um, email from one to their known high-valued customers and then use another system to just blitz anybody else who they haven't spoken to in years. That is a really bad thing to do. <laughs> I would do it if I never knew any better, right? But, um, you know, Gmail or Hotmail, they don't care what system you use. It all comes to them, and then they, they know that you're doing this, and your reputation on, will, it will end up on both systems as being bad. So um, we, had, uh, we, had, we had people uh, try and do this, and we're looking at the emails they're sending from us and, this, this, this is great email. Why are they getting, why are they getting knocked back? 
Then we find out they've used something else to, to, to blitz, you know, 50,000 people that, that they've never engaged with in years. So, you know, don't try and, don't try and game the system. These, 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 these machines on the other end will, will catch you up. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, um, in marketing forums and I've, I've even seen on like places like Facebook with other um, people giving advice to, you know, uh, you know, community members saying, Oh, what you need to do is you go get this system. And, and exactly what you said is blast like all the, your purchase leads uh, over there through that system. And it doesn't affect your real CRM that you're using. It's they're two, they're two different things. But the example is kind of like going to one car dealership and then, you know, getting, getting like a car with your credit. And then you're like, I'm not going to pay, I'm not going to pay my car bill. I'm totally like just going to ignore it. And then you show up to another car dealership to get a car and they're like, Hey, your credit score is really bad. We're not, we're not going to be able to get you a car. So it's, it's the same thing. It doesn't matter where you're sending from if your credit score or for email, your reputation, your sender score is poor, it, it follows you wherever you go. It's regardless of the network, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, the other thing I was thinking about for the car example too, is it's kind of like if you are going to a dealership to buy a car and you're, they're like, okay, well, you need a co-signer to, to ensure you know, that you're going to be able to pay the bill, so to speak, right? And then you're like, oh, um, I've got Keep over here. They're my co-signer, right? And then they're looking at your credit and they're looking at your co-signer's credit. And they're like, okay, your co-signer's rock solid. They have a great credit score. Awesome. Um, yours is, we don't really know you that well. You don't have a lot of credit, but because of your co-signer, you know, this, this all looks pretty good. We're going to give you a chance. So, I mean, when people think of that, it's, you know, it's two things that I'm, I'm hearing you say is one is you got to make sure you're responsible with how you market and send emails. You, you got to make sure that the content you're sending is what people want to see because that's going to affect your credit or your score, right? Not your, not your actual credit, but your score. Um, but also making sure that you're tied in with a reputable um, company like Keep or Infusionsoft because They've got people like you that that's your job is to make sure that you guys have the, a community of people that are doing the right thing. So then your score as a sender is as high as it possibly can be within reason to ensure that, you know, when, when Google and all these people are looking at, Hey, who's the sender and who's this other, you know, service that's sending on their behalf that everything kind of checks out. Right. Yes, Absolutely. So one of the things that you mentioned was you're talking about, you know, making sure you're sending engaging emails that people that want to read. And I kind of feel like that's a, that's like a box of worms, right? Like it's, you know, every company is going to have a different way to engage because their list of customers and their unique traits are going to be totally different business from business. So you can't really say like, Oh, if you're in the, for example, fitness vertical, this is what you should send in your emails and you're going to get the highest deliverability. I mean, it completely is unique to every single list and it's unique to every business. So there's no secret sauce that you have to follow, but I, I'm sure that there's probably some best 
um, protocols that anyone can use and then have to discern based off of their list. Um, what have you seen? And obviously you guys are responsible for, you know, millions of emails that go out the door. So are there some kind of best practices that you would suggest? Yeah, there, there absolutely are. Um, you know, the, the, the very first thing, if you're looking at content is, is making sure that what you're sending is what the people are expecting. So for example, if, if your list is a bunch of people who signed up for your monthly newsletter, well, you need to send them a monthly newsletter, right? It, you can't necessarily send them um, an advertisement for, you know what, my monthly newsletter is about taking care of dogs and, 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 and you know, how to exercise your dog and how to show your dog, whatever it is, and then send them, you know, coupons for your cat food supplements. I mean, you know, that, that, that's an egregious example, but, but you've got to make sure that what people receive from you is what they're expecting to receive. So that, that, that's, you know, that's, that's kind of step number one is making sure that's, that's um, in line. You know, another thing that we'll see is, is people, that their, their branding on their email does not look like their company or they have a completely different company name or, you know, so what'll happen is, you know, I might be expecting, you know, Bob, Bob's company.com to send me, uh, uh, you know, I've signed up for their, for their monthly coupons. And yet what I get is from Phil's dry cleaning, you know, even if it's the same, you know, the same service, the same company, if I don't see that and, and acknowledge that, that it's readily a company I've done business with and that I'm expecting something from, you know, that's another thing on the content side that, that you just got to make sure that, that, that you're doing. And, and, and it's really surprising how often those two things kind of get out of whack. Yeah. And I'm just thinking off the top of my head here, when you said that, that, that flagged up something else is it's, it's preferential not to send your emails, your marketing emails from a no reply as well. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. You want the engagement with the customer. And if there's no reply, A, they're not going to reply because you've said no reply and then that can get your domain reputation even further um in the negative there so so a lot of companies do this but that's actually um um what we call an anti-pattern you, you want to put a uh, an email address in there so people can reply um what about um i know i've heard things before and it'd be great to get your input of people saying like don't send emails from sales at or info at have it come from like Bob at or Jane at. So is there any, is there any weight to that at all? Or have you seen any patterns for anything like that? Um, uh, I would say no. I would say as, as long as that has a return path in it, um, you can agree or disagree with me, but I think as long as as long as there's engagement there, because because those email groups tend to get back to many people, not not just one. So sales at keep dot com or whatever it is, um, it's gonna if you want to reply to that, it's gonna someone's gonna pick it up. So that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just if you if you have one that doesn't go anywhere, that's uh, that's not necessarily the best thing to do. Yeah, I think you gentlemen brought up a really good point. Um, and this, this goes a little bit deeper than um, email marketing, right? And it's, it's segmentation of users' lists. And what I mean by that is, 
you know, if someone's come in and, you know, using the example that was given, like, you know, dog, dog food or dog care versus, you know, selling cat food, right? Those are clearly two different animals. And if I'm a, if I'm a dog owner and I'm like, Hey, I'm very interested in, you know, taking care of my dog and dog products and all of those relative things. And you start sending me emails about cat food and I don't have a cat, you're going to get me to disengage and what I, what I talk to my, um, my, my customers in my marketing agency about is friction points, right? And a friction point basically is every time you engage with a lead or a customer, you're either adding value to the relationship or you're creating friction, which is taking away value. And so every engagement, if it's not a valuable piece of information, if it's not a positive experience, that's one more thing that's going against you that's moving them away from having a relationship with you, right? And so that impacts across the board, not just that one customer, the implications are, are much greater. If you're, if you're not segmenting your list to say, hey, these people have dogs and they only want to hear about you know, dog care, and these people over here are, are cat lovers and they want to know about cat products. If you're not segmenting your list and then sending the right information to those people, not only are you affecting or impacting your individual customers that are getting the wrong information, but the engagement of that is impacting your entire sender reputation to even the people that are getting the right information. Is that a correct statement? Yeah, I'd say so. And it goes even further because, I mean, we've used the, the trite example of dogs and cats. But, <laughs> I mean, if they were different, if they were different sort of um, uh, companies of an organization, then you're looking in compliance issues with GDPR and things like that, which then you're, then you're, you're leaning against the legality issues, especially in Europe, um, for, for taking information from one sort of company or, or subsidiary and, and sending it to another. I mean, that's, yeah, you want to be really careful about that. You're going to get caught. And it's, it's funny because this, I always say it goes back to a human to human interaction, right? And one of the things I usually say to people is that uh, marketers and business owners completely forget that that number of emails that they're going to press send to, if it's a thousand or 10,000 or whatever, those are actually human beings, right? You're not just sending to a number. Like those are actually real humans. And if you had that person in front of you with what you're sending in the email, is that what, what you would actually say to them if they were standing in front of you? Would it be so aggressive in sales? Would you be like, hey, Bob, you have today only to buy this thing. And if you don't buy this thing, it's gone forever. Like, would you actually say that to that person in front of you? Because once they start to think about that, it might change the way they market and how they, you know, maybe as much email as they send and the content of what they send, right? I mean, because ultimately, if it's a positive experience, that's going to help your sender reputation. It's going to help your engagement. And the likelihood of that increasing your sales is, is the probability of that is much higher than, you know, doing a shotgun approach, right? That's, that's a good point. But, but it does bring up something else as well. You talk about engagement and segmentation. Um, so we, we send about 70 billion emails. Sorry, 70 million <laughs> 
<laughs> we send about 70 million emails a day, okay? So one and a half billion a month, give or take, right? So it's a lot of email to, to tens of thousands of, of, of different companies. Now, if you're segmenting them down, if you're a tax specialist, you're probably going to be sending an email, you know, around about the Christmas time, that sort of area, getting up to the February, March, April sort of thing. And you may not think about sending much in between, you know, April or May and the end of the year. And that's a problem in itself, because if, if you're not engaging with those customers, um, you know, within, say, we, we, we put the number at about 100 days, then, then that's, that's a negative on you as well. Conversely, you don't want to be sending them, you know, hourly, <laughs> three daily. times a day, yeah. or even, even daily, or even sometimes weekly emails, um, because then the, the, the Hotmails and the Gmails of the world are going to just know that you're, as you say, not, not a, shot, a machine gun approach uh, to this. So there, there, there has to be that, that balance. And, and again, we, 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 we can speak about it holistically because, you know, depending on what business uh, domain you're in, it is going to be different. But if you are something that, that, that's an annual um, thing like a tax specialist, something like that, then maybe you do want to engage, you know, every couple of months, um, you know, try and get your, your, your customers to respond to you somehow, whatever it is, um, just to keep that engagement up. Because, um, you know, just trying to do it from, from March till, till December is not going to help you at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, there's more. Personally, I think this is one of the toughest ones as a, as a, as a business owner, that, that doesn't know about email deliverability in, in, in the terms of professional, uh, you know, people who do it every day. That's got to be one of the hardest things is gauging that sort of engagement days and how, how do we keep that, um, keep that communication going. Um, and, of course, content is, is king, as they say. And, and, you, and you rightly said, Daniel, that, that you know, you've got to send people um, what they want to read and interesting stuff. Um, but, but think about the frequency as well. And, yeah. and I really the hardest thing. I think that's a really good point. I mean, um, if someone's, you know, like I'll just use my business as an example, because I obviously I know it well, right? So if we're marketing to leads or prospects that haven't done business with us, the way we engage with them and the cadence or how many emails they're getting from us on a monthly basis is going to change versus if we've already sent them a proposal, like they called us, we had a conversation, they've requested us to send them a proposal, we might send them in that little world of now they've got a proposal, they might get more emails in a shorter time. But once they've moved away from that proposal stage, whether they've accepted it or they haven't, at each stage in their journey with us, just like any other business, is when you should determine with responsibility how many emails is right for them at this point of where they're at and, and the way they're engaging or, or going to purchase, right? I mean, because if they're just like, hey, I like your content, I don't want to buy anything, you maybe don't want to send them two emails in a week. It's, it seems a little bit too much, right? It might impact your sender reputation and might drop or or decrease their engagement. But if they've got a proposal sitting on their desk from us, sending two emails in one one week might be a relevant thing for their experience at that point in time. 
So from what I'm hearing from what you're saying, it's making sure that that business owner or marketing is really understanding where these people are and their whole marketing spectrum, their world, to make sure like what's the right amount of emails to send for a person that's at this stage in their journey to, to purchase, right? And then, of course, making sure it's the right information. And, of course, those are the relevant people that should be getting that information. That's kind of what I'm hearing you say. And what I'm, what I'm taking from this is, hey, be smart with how you're marketing and what these people are getting and how much they're getting of it, right? Yeah, you, you, yeah you're right on there. So, so, you know, we kind of have the three, I don't know if they're pillars or we need to come up with a, a cute name for it, but there's three things uh, they really need to be concerned with. First is content. Second is frequency, which we just touched on. And both of those are, you know, there's very much an art to that, right? Really understanding your, your list, understanding your business, understanding your business cycle, your customers, you know, your funnels, understanding all of that and making sure your content fits in with that. And then that the frequency with which you're sending fits with that. Uh, the third piece is your list and, and who you're sending to. Um, what, you know, what, what, we, what we recommend to, to our users is you really need to see a 25% turnover in your list every year. So if I started on January 1st, I've got 100 people in my list. You know, December 31st of that year, 25 of those people should be off my list. I shouldn't be emailing them anymore. And, and that's just, you know, one of my favorite stories about this is I was talking with a customer and, and he was having some issues with email deliverability and, and I could tell he was getting frustrated, you know, and he finally just blurted out. He said, I don't understand why things are going so poorly. I've been sending to this list for four years now. <laughs> well, you know, at the end of four years, that list shouldn't exist anymore. Those, you know, those, those hundred people you started with four years mm -hmm. ago, they should all be off that list. So it's really, really important um, to, you know, and I, you know, I, I know it's, it, it, it's a fear thing. It's an ego thing. It, people really don't like just letting people drop off their list, you know, but, but it's really, really important that, that, you know, every year, you know, you should be able to look back at your list and say, yep, yeah, you know, 20 to 30% are no longer on my list. I've let them go. I've dropped off, you know, whether they've opted out or I've just noticed that they haven't been engaging and I've, I've removed them from, from, you know, actively sending them email. Um, but, you know, that's the third piece. So, so it, it's content, it's frequency, and it's list. That, that's, that's such a good point. I'm glad you brought that up because if you think about it from a business perspective, right, you want new eyeballs, new customers that are coming to your place. It's how you're going to be able to grow your business and ensure that you can be successful. If all you're doing is saying, I just want to keep selling to the same people for the next four years. Well, there's only so many things that you can sell them, right? And there's going to be a point in time that those people decide, ah, I don't want to buy anything anymore, right? So your existing list is going to continue to shrink year after year. And if you're not bringing in fresh prospects, fresh customers, you're going to eventually put yourself out of business, right? I don't care how great your products are, you know, if I have an amazing landscaper, I can only get my lawn mowed so many times in a month, right? Like there's just not enough business. And so he, he would need to have 
new potential customers and, and I might sell my house and move to a different neighborhood that he doesn't serve. So it only makes business sense from what you're saying outside of like email marketing and all that stuff. It's demystifying it that you need fresh customers. You should have a, a, a hopefully 25% people coming in to your list every year are, are fresh people that are interested in your services and likely so you're going to have roughly 25% that for whatever reason are going to move on and yep. stop, stop marketing to them. It's not relevant to them anymore. Yep. Absolutely. I, gentlemen, I think this was really beneficial. Um, there's a, you, you know, I'm sure you hear it more than I do, but there's always these like secret hacks to this and that. And people think there's like these secret things, but what we've really uncovered in this is, Hey, sending marketing and sales emails is not as simple as pushing a button. There's a lot of complexity that goes behind that. There's now machine learning. There's, there's people at Google that may not even know what that, that machine is doing to, to filter out and, and send out those emails into their network. Like it's a very complicated thing. So it comes back to the business owner and the marketer to say, I need to be really smart about how we're going to communicate and engage with our customers, what we're going to serve up to them. Of course, have integrity and respect in the way that they market and sell. And of, and of course, just, just manage that, right? Make sure that, that what they're doing makes sense and that, you know, they're, they're serving up what people are expecting and they're not serving up something that they like, why am I getting this email? Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yes. Perfect. Um, I know we're at the top of the hour, so I want to wrap up and see if there's any other pieces of advice or anything that you want to say to anyone at all. If they're, they're listening to this and they're saying, this is, this is awesome. So any other little tidbits of knowledge that you want to hand out before we wrap up on the show? Um, well, I mean, if people are interested, they can come to a, uh, our, our help site with, um, probably got about a dozen to 15 um, articles, uh, quite short ones uh, that go into, uh, you know, the areas that we've spoken about. And that's at uh, help.keep.com forward slash help. And there's uh, a deliverability um, button you can push in there and, and get these uh, get these articles. I think you're going to put the, the URL up on the, uh, on, the, on the podcast. We'll send that out. Yeah. And just so I heard you correctly, you said help dot keep dot com forward slash help right yep okay so it's not keep.com forward slash help people it's help dot keep dot com forward slash help okay cool and there's an email um, deliverability section that's if they're interested in learning more about email deliverability when they go to that web page they're going to click on email deliverability and then you said there's like 15 or so short articles that are going to give more information about what we talked about. Yeah. There's, a, there's actually uh, there's actually a button called help guides. Uh, as soon as you go into that URL and then once you click back, you'll see the deliverability one um, at the bottom there. Awesome. Gentlemen, I know your days are busy and you've got a lot of different things to ensure that, you know, people are getting um, emails sent and that keep continues to be a best in class system across the world. So I want to thank you both for being on the show um, and, uh, thank you. I, I, this has been really beneficial. I know I've had a lot of value. I'm sure the listeners will as well. Well, thank you for having us. We really appreciate the invite and, and the discussion. 
Awesome. Thank you so much, gentlemen.